pale horse. The man who sat on him was dead. And hell followed with him. You're killing me, man. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Declarations of War. We're back. I am your host, Alexa Carr, joined by my co-host, Yin Tan. A thousand greetings to all of our listeners. And Artemis Alvosa. Howdy, howdy. First off, some shout-outs. I'm going to give a shout-out to the old-school corp, Taggart Transdimensional. They are a, a legendary name in the mining industry. And welcome to the NSTAC 6 community. They are uh, moving some duders out and going to be hitting our belts. Feels good. Uh, yeah, my shout-out's going to be to Raiden Harmon and the rest of Streamfleet uh, for helping me with the Twitch streaming roundtable that I'll be doing later tonight. And it's going to be good. Sh- Oops, and my shout-out goes to Peter Hahn for updating EFT. I can't believe you still use EFT, man. Pyfer is just... Dude, like, Pyfer isn't obviously... updated for the March release. Doesn't matter. It's like, EFT is such an inferior software. Uh... I would actually but, challenge you there. I, I've used both. I'm using Pyfer now because it does update more frequently. But of the two, I think EFT is objectively better to use for pure fitting purposes. I just wish it was had had Pyfer's updating functionality. I just... Nah. I, 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 I find like a lot of the ancillary features, like being able to figure out how much um, you can lower someone's uh, speed by by it actually tracking stacking penalties properly when you apply multiple ships to someone is a, an incredibly valuable feature for what I try and do when I'm like theory crafting doctrines and stuff. And yeah, works on EFT. Have that level of granularity. It didn't when I used to use it. Okay. Well, it does. Okay. Have they actually like added stuff to it, or am I just bad? I mean, it's had that for years. I don't know when you last tried it. Uh. Like six years ago. Yeah, you're just bad. <laughs> All right, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. I guess I'm bad. All right, we have no sponsors. However, our valiant director in Capitalist Army, Night Jester, got his JF ganked by a mothership. If you would like to contribute to the Jester Jump Freighter Fund, please send your ISK to Alexei of Card or Night Jester, all one word, and we will greatly appreciate it. Thank you. We had a poll. Are multiple accounts... Oh, excuse me. How needed are multiple accounts for EVE gameplay? And your answers were... Mandatory. EVE was designed to require multiboxing for high-level play. Really important, but not required for most things. And helpful, but should never be required to play the game. It was a pretty divisive poll, actually. However, 50% of the audience believes helpful, but should never be required to play the game. To be clear, you split the vote here. Like, the other 50% both think that at least multiple accounts are very important and may not need to be required for most things, but are still really freaking important, which is exactly the point that I made. 
So you split the vote such that only 30% says that it's mandatory, only 20% says that it's really important, but that's still at least really important, which is my argument. So I'm going to say hashtag winning here. Your point was not really important. Your point was mandatory, no, required. My point was not mandatory. My point was it you was also, an option like, to resolve the problems which the monitor does not solve. <laughs> you have also mad, like, screwed up the um, impartiality of this poll by creating the third question, sorry, the third answer here as a presupposition, because it's not accounts are not required. It should never be required. Should, as opposed to are. So you're implying that if you select this option, you think that multiple accounts should never, like, shouldn't be required, whereas that's not the question you are asking, and oh. the debate between you two. So I think you might need to repoll that because that you know, would unfairly bias bias the polling. Well, I'm not going to repoll it because this poll is very scientific, and uh, you know I, I stand by the results. But that How is a good scientific point. as fucking the link between vaccines and autism, mate. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> Have you seen no, the no, internet no, no. lately? Hang on, hang on. This is more scientific than that because we didn't make up our data. Ooh, got him. Ooh. Oh, yeah, my. We'll, get, we'll get at least one angry comment now, guaranteed. Fucking can't wait. Bring in some spice <laughs> today. Yeah, if you believe that, you're dumb. Okay, uh, moving into our top stories. We've got our first major capital engagement since the jump changes. And it was a doozy. Guardians of the Galaxy versus the Imperium. And there were dead titans involved. Artemis? Uh, yeah, so as I understand it, and bear in mind this is third-party information, but to my knowledge it's very reliable, goons dropped a bunch of citadels in pure blind, as they do, and trying to bait out a fight, see what they could do. Citadels are a really cheap way of doing this nowadays is kind of broken in my opinion but uh, GOTG, Batphone NC managed to kill three of them the fourth one was looking like it was going to repair, they didn't want that so they dropped some titans on it and then goons went ahead and tried to dread bomb a vanquisher which sinoed out as soon as this goon titan went up or the goon sino went up and so then they just resorted to killing rail Erebuses went on for a while um, more supers came in, more facts came in. At some point, the GOTG's titans and supers ended up 100 kilometers from their faxes, which is likely why so many of the GOTG titans died. I'm not sure exactly what caused that, but that was why so many died. And then once goons realized they couldn't kill any more titans, they just started shooting wrecks. So they shot their own wrecks, they shot the super wrecks, so even though, like, on the surface, ISK value lost, it looks like Goons lost 430 bill, GOTD 445, like, T1 insurance on those dreads and faxes that the Goons lost, plus the fact that even though GATG held the field, they didn't get much loot, means this is a much more um, non-Pyrrhic victory. If that makes any sense whatsoever. But we still got a lot of questions about how exactly it managed to happen. Yeah, Artemis, when we were doing the pre-show, Artemis brought up some like weird inconsistencies, like uh, how the Titans were fit versus what they were brought in to do. And we don't really have any good explanations for that, but they had some odd gun choices fitted for what they were allegedly 
yeah, brought in to do. So we weren't sure if there's like two waves of caps or what's going on. You're you're shooting and anchoring Citadel. Why are you using rail arabuses? Um, Inquiring minds would like to know. I know that using LR Titans against structures was actually pretty common for a while because you could yeah, use but only if the, they're online. Yeah, and that was that was because of the doomsday mechanics. Oh, well, the doomsday and anti-capital mechanics, and you needing to keep your faxes safe. So yeah, doesn't doesn't make a huge amount of sense. But I'm not a super cap FC, so I'm not. I'm just going to assume it's some sort of genius plan until proven otherwise. I'm taking the exact opposite stance. I'm going for it's genius until proven otherwise. Hmm. I mean, I I would say it worked for them, but kind of didn't. Not quite. But it was exciting to see uh, a big cap fight like that. I think it's a little overhyped. Uh, yes, a few Titans died, but Titans dying these days isn't exactly a uh, a major event. <laughs> In fact, we probably wouldn't really be talking about it if it wasn't for the fact that the patch just happened and everyone is waiting on bated breath to see how capital fighting was going to be impacted. Yeah, it turns out if you like reduce jump fatigue, people actually fight each other because they can move caps into one another's range. Well, we'll see how long this lasts. I don't imagine it will last forever. Right now, it just it feels like people are kind of feeling out their new ranges, and people are making mistakes because of that. If I'm honest, but I think you're still going to see more fighting overall, just because there's more mobility and there's more ways for people to catch people when they make mistakes. I'd like to think so. Um, the patch. Speaking of the patch, had a bit of issues. Uh, despite not being the largest patch that CCP has rolled out, it was one of the most troubled, at least in recent memory. Lots of server instability. Um, crashes local not appearing, or basically local appearing but totally empty. Sadly, a bug, not a feature. Would love for the CCP to be removing local, but what can you do? Um, and apparently these issues have persisted for several days. Um, Thieves just not I mean, I think it's back to normal now, but just was not behaving as it should. Um, Ian, do you have any insight into this? Anything that you can discuss publicly? No comment. No comment. Can I make a complaint? I can't stop you. Fantastic. So, chat. Like, some of the changes were useful. It's slightly obnoxious that every time I load up Eve, it says trying to join channels over and over again until all my channels are loaded. What's more annoying is that it resets like the size of the chat text entry window and the user list within every single chat channel. Every time you restart the game, it resets those sizes. So like for local... I have the user list expanded completely so I can see everyone. But for chats, which I'm in with just like my corp or alliance chat, I have it minimized almost to the maximum so that the text is the largest in the given space that I'm using. And, you know, the users are there because I can't get rid of that feature, basically. But now, every time I load up the game, the local user list is not maximized and my normal chat user list is not minimized, and the majority of the space in which I have these um, chat windows is now taken up by the stupid text entry box, which for some reason is defaulting to three lines tall. Like, come on. 
if I change this, if you're giving me the ability to change this, make it stick, please. So frustrating. Also interesting, I've noticed that when I'm changing systems, it seems like local populates one at a time instead of just being there, which threw me off when I was doing scouting the other day. I was like, oh, there's two pe- three, four, there's five people in local. Five people in local. Oh, well, what's going on here? I don't know if that's related to the server lag or if that's just how things are going to be now. And for the record, somewhat shame on us for not doing proper testing and giving feedback on CC, but... Ah, well, actually, uh, people had tested it and given feedback and were not pleased, but CCP rolled the patch anyway. There were comments made in the forums like, hey, we told you the chat was broken. It's over here in this thread. All right. Yeah. So, I'm not not sure what happened there. Probably a classic case of we can't hold this patch up, so just ship it and fix it. But I don't think they quite bargained for how disruptive the patch would be on the server's overall stability. And if that hadn't happened, some of these chat issues would probably be less glaring because they wouldn't be part of this larger narrative. But it's patch. It's Eve. Shit happens. Everyone out there, be thankful that you didn't delete Windows from your machine. <laughs> I don't. I don't like that we are like we're we're still at that point where we're like, oh, the patch didn't completely break my computer. It's pretty good. <laughs> could, could be worse. That's not that's not a good way of looking at it. But it could. It definitely could have been worse. You are right. When you live through cancer, the flu isn't so bad. I'm so th- to this day. I am thankful that. I I like waited a couple hours before I downloaded that patch. It happened to come out during a work day. Because if it hadn't, I definitely would have been one of those people, and I would have lost so much data. It would have been ridiculous. And at that point, I don't think I could have afforded anything of Windows. So I basically would have been just out of the game. Yeah. Thanks, Job. Thank you. I'm I'm pretty sure if that boots anything had happened to me, I I probably would not play play Eve Online anymore. Yeah, like, would you even want to come back? I would be curious to know how many of the boot INI victims actually even bothered to download the game ever again, considering. Maybe that should be our poll. Would you come <laughs> back Would you come back to EVE Online if it deleted your boot.ini and you had to get a literal CD disc to put in your fucking computer? Like, how many of our audience has a CD drive anymore? Probably not many. I think you could just use a USB at this point, right? No. Obviously no. not. USB is a no. USB is a forbidden technology. Hmm. I mean, I still remember using a flash or a um, freaking floppy disk to boot Ubuntu on an old computer. So I I've literally never touched a physical floppy disk in my life. Dude, I used to use a three point five inches in school all the time. I know you did, but what what, what size floppy disk did you have? It was the 3.5-inch floppy disk, like... <laughs> oh, there's some innuendo going on here. <laughs> I, just, I see. <laughs> I'm implying that you have a 3.5-inch dick. I'm sorry that that didn't land quite as well as I hoped. Uh, sorry, I'm in, I'm in one of those moods today. <laughs> Should we keep it moving? <laughs> yes, uh, that way we don't start talking about Artemis's solid state. Let's just keep it rolling <laughs> along. <laughs> <laughs> oh god CSM elections are happening 
this, this is I'm good broken. shit. The, no, the CSM selections are great. We are doing them in a different order this year, so you'll be like applying to the CSM now. If you have not applied by the time this podcast comes out, you're probably boned because it's a week. Um, but the actual election will take place after FanFest, and that's primarily because of stuff that we found in the previous CSMs where you get new people on the CSM and you kind of explain to them like, all right, you know, here, here's what's going on. And by the way, you're also going to have to wait for two months because it is now July and no one in CCP is home. Yeah. So for context for new listeners and new folks to the game, the CSM, ever since it was a thing, the winners were always announced at FanFest, which means voting had to be done quite a bit earlier before FanFest. It kind of, I felt always felt like it kind of compressed the election schedule. They would put the call for candidates out, and then they would vet them, and then between them being vetted and the voting was like a week or two sometimes. It got better over time, but really was kind of cramped early. And then there would be a long period of voting, like a couple weeks to a month, and then, boom, announced at FanFest, which is cool because you get to announce them live on stage, but had a lot of trade-offs in the election sense, and yeah, once you actually got on there, there is a period of like, okay, you're in the CSM now, but no one at CCP is at the job, because they're all on vacation. So, let's kind of hang out, talk to each other for a little while, and uh, we'll see you Team in building, a couple guys. weeks. Team building. Yeah. It's it's also going to give, like, um, <clears throat> kind of proper timeline for the campaign period. You know, we're seeing people start to pop up now, but I think after FanFest is when the campaigning will really kick off. And that's nice. I, I, um, none of the previous CSMs have been a huge fan of like how much people were willing to like start their election threads in January and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it always rubs us up the wrong way because we're, you know, we're trying to continue to do CSM work and people are trying to get reelected. And that means it's harder for us to do our shit. So you're telling me that the, that the incumbents were complaining that their incumbent advantage is being eroded by the yeah, processes of election. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also that. You know how it is, guys. Just, so like, you know, lifetime turns next. Legit question. Um, is the onboarding process going to be going on during the July vacation then? Um, it'll probably happen, yeah. It'll probably happen during that kind of period. Like, so will like a few CCPers still be around to help that along, or is that mostly something yeah, that yeah. the previous CSM does? No, it's all handled internally because it's to do with all of CCP's internal systems, but there's absolutely not a point in CCP's life where they don't have someone there who can deal with IT because it's CCP. It's just that if, you know, people like Fozzy and Seagull and um, Rise and... I'm trying to think of more names that people would recognize. Uh, Ghost, Larrikin, people like that when they're not in the office and they tend to go on holidays in July because they have real lives and families. Um, it, it gets a lot harder to actually get shit done because there's no one there to like have direct line of communication with, I suppose. The way I would phrase it is that you'll get the IT done and you'll get the kind of handoff from the previous CSM done. By the time those two things are done, will be like when CCP is kind of coming back and getting back into the swing of things. Whereas before, you would get that done while they're still around, and then by the time it was done and you were feeling more comfortable and you were all set up, they would be just about to leave. 
Yeah. So seems like a very good change. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty positive about it. Yeah, there's a lot of good uh, a lot of good candidates out there as well. Um, I've got my own a few people. I'm not going to say quite who yet, but there's some, oh, there's uh, some really good new, new candidates if, coming up. If it hasn't been said already, uh, Yin, you are in fact running again. Oh yeah, I'm I'm going to be running for CSM 13. You know, 13 is the luckiest number in the world, so I should definitely push my luck and go for a third term. That makes tons of sense, right, guys? But mm. like, if you're going to give me t- like, if you want the 30 second, why you should vote for me pitch is, I mean, look at what I've achieved this year, basically, and what have I I've achieved no, the year before? Yin, you're doing this wrong. Just link the Aerith post. That's all oh, you yeah, have the, to do. The Aerith post is pretty fucking fire. I might just read that post, actually. <laughs> Yin, Goonsform approved, and the only CSM that gives a fuck about you. Yeah. And all of your opinions. To, to quote Aerith, the Goonsform CSM candidate, you shouldn't vote for me, you should vote for someone like Jintan, who will act like he cares about what you think, because I sure as hell don't. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just straight fire. Like... <laughs> Oh, the man, the man's not, like, the friendliest motherfucker in the world, but you know he's out a zinger. Well, I, I think here's the question that people are going to want to know, Yin. Uh, what's your status with the Providence community, the constituents that you had represented in the previous two uh, CSM terms? And what's your status with TEST? Are they going to be putting you on their ballot? Uh, from what I know, uh, a significant number of Providence members are, are not planning to vote for me this election as they feel I've betrayed them and I think that's well within their you know, that's within their democratic rights to do so. I assume some will still vote for me, but who knows? Um Test doesn't do ballots in the same way other alliances do, so I will just be a te- I'll be a candidate that has the test ticker. I'm sure I'll get some test votes from that, but it's not gonna be each. So I actually do have to try and get elected this year. Interesting. They had done ballots. Yeah, at least they've a couple of years. Never gotten it. Uh, sorry, no. I don't think they've ever gotten a test person elected. Um, because even when Progod got elected, that was when he was with Nolly Secunda, if I remember correctly. Um, uh, they backed him though. Yeah, that makes sense. But he also had the backing of Nolly Secunda, who were a, a fairly sizable alliance at the time. Yeah, fair. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hoping they vote for me, and I'm hoping I can get elected on that, but we'll see. Well, you'll get our vote. I think you've done a fantastic job with CSM, and I'm very surprised. I'm surprised anyone is able to go multiple years. I go, certainly back in the day, it just was not a common thing. But yeah, man, if you want to go one more time and take that bullet for the rest of us, I'm more than happy to give you my vote and the official endorsement of the podcast, and we'll... uh We'll get back to you guys with other candidates that we're going to be endorsing later in the year. You can expect some kind of CSM coverage from us. We usually do some roundtables or feature candidates as guests. Not quite sure what we're going to do this year yet, but uh, we'll do something. And if you have ideas about what you would like to see Declarations of War do, please leave them in the comments below. Here's a question I like. Am I going to be sitting that out for neutrality reasons? Ah! Depends. Uh, we've we've done it both ways. We've had the candidates sit out, and we've had the candidates participate, but with a disclaimer. Mm, I think that's probably what I'll do. I'll probably come on and talk about the CSM and try and get some interesting information out of people. I was going to say, like the having the point of view, the perspective of a former CSM member is vital when 
assessing current candidates. And I think given how much the CSM has changed both culturally and in what it is supposed to or actually does from when Alec was in CSM, unless we can get somebody else who was in CSM last year who just wants to peace out and not run again, I think you are our only option for that perspective. Uh, well, I'll, I'll do the best I can. That's, that's, all I, that's all I ever promise. All right. Speaking of doing the best I can, time to talk about Alex's PC adventure. The reason why I have not been putting up podcasts, the reason why I haven't been logging on, the reason why I haven't been streaming. My PC got broke. Uh, it was to the point where I could not stay, like, not even logged into the... Forget logged into the game. That's how it first started. I couldn't play like high graphically intensive games or do a lot of tab browsing which anyone that knows me knows I love my tabs uh, I couldn't do any of that stuff without the computer crashing and then it got worse and worse and worse to the point where I couldn't even stay started up for more than a few minutes and then at one point I couldn't start up at all luckily I managed to figure that one out but the ultimate resolution was that my motherboard which had been in service for about 8 years Finally kicked the bucket. Um, my guess is that the capacitors were out and it started corrupting the memory, which corrupted Windows and kept crashing over and over again. So the motherboard had to go. And with the motherboard having to go, kind of needed to get a new processor, cooler, etc. The one piece of part of the computer that I actually wanted to upgrade was the memory, so if I'm taking everything out of the box, I might as well replace the memory too. So I got a new processor, a new cooler, a new motherboard, a new set of memory, basically half of a new computer, and kept my hard drives, power supply, DVD player, and graphics card. And had to reassemble everything. Um into a new case because my old one was kind of beat up and probably wouldn't fit everything anyway so I got the new case it looks pretty good uh, everything came in I had to assemble it all it was I would have been back what last Friday there was an issue with the cooler it uh, would not fit the case that I bought said that it had room for 220 millimeter fans up top so it's like oh cool I'll get a 240 millimeter liquid cooler but it only has room for the fans and not the radiator that would go with them. So I had to send that back and get a new cooler and strap that to the back. The case said you had room for 220 and you bought a 240? No, it said it had room for two 120s. Oh, okay, okay. And your uh, 240mm radiator cooler is two 120mm fans stacked on top of each other. So I was like, oh, that shouldn't be a problem. But it was. (laughs) And theoretically, I could have installed it in the front if I, like, removed all the hard drive cages and stuff, but it would not have looked that great. And I'm just not too impressed with the airflow. Plus, the case already had two fans up there anyway. So, I basically just kept the fans where they were at and saved myself a lot of headache of like completely reassembling the entire front of the case and just strapped a 120 millimeter cooler in the back using a liquid cooler. First time I ever tried doing that. Um, what other cool stuff? Oh, uh, the memory I got has RGB in the memory sticks themselves. Looks pretty trippy. 
How's the water cooling looking for you? I'm actually looking into upgrading the cooling on my PC. Is it like easy to set up and run? Any issues? Uh, so I got an all-in-one. So I, I didn't want to do it by hand. And uh, mm-hmm. my feedback on it would be... Eh, it looks better than a traditional cooler if you're concerned about the aesthetics of your case. And it certainly makes it easier to like put your hands in and out if you want to make any changes later. But in terms of actual like noise savings, I think it's just as loud as a fan cooler. Um, certainly a higher end one. If you get like a a fifty to seventy five dollar range one, it's gonna be just as as good. How so I don't know. Power usage versus effectiveness. Or do you not have that info? I do not have that info. I mean, it certainly seems to be getting the job done. I'm not doing any kind of crazy overclocking or whatever, but. I would definitely advise you to get the 240 and find a case that'll allow you to fit it because it's definitely way better than just having a single. But uh, the single's working out okay. I think it'll be fine. Yeah, well, fan, fan noise generally isn't a problem for me, but that's because I play music at like on, on my televisions at just like loud volumes at obnoxious times at night because I'm that asshole. <laughs> wow. Dude, I, I was listening to like I was proper full on jamming to archive controlling crowds at like ten o'clock last night. It was fucking awesome. I was living the dream. If you're not a terrible human being, you should definitely not vote for Yin because if he does that kind of stuff and is proud of hey, it. Hey, there's no one else in my house. It's cool. There's no one else here. It's just me. <laughs> I am usually pretty concerned about fan noise because I, you know. I like my computer to be relatively unobtrusive. If like anyone's coming over for a visit, I don't want the first thing they think of to be like, "Oh, listen to that fucking computer." You should really turn that off because I'm not going to do that. Away from it. Say again, yeah. That what I'm taking away from this is when you have your friends around, you leave your computer on so that you can like show off how fancy and lit it is. No, I leave my computer on because I don't want to like lose all my all my shit, and I want to be able to play games like the second they're gone. Wow! No time for that. <laughs> wow! Don't have time for the boot up. <laughs> or you could just like <laughs> that's, that's a vision, dude. Could just it's it's gotten better now that I have a um, it's a an extension that allows you to more easily recover tab browsing. But back in the day, it was always a roll of the dice when you turned your computer off was whether it would turn back on and the tabs would still be recoverable. Considering I have like 60 tabs. Do you like just read nothing but TV tropes or something? No, it's like I got two tabs for calendar, one for personal, one for work. I got two tabs for um, email, one for work, one for personal. Got like four, five tabs related to declarations of war. There's an entire set of tabs I use when I'm actually playing the game. Uh, Web comics, stuff that I watch every week, like uh, Walking Dead. has its own tab because why would I like? We need to have a tab intervention. So no. like, you you have a problem. <laughs> no, you stay away. I can, I can confirm. I have three Chrome windows up right now. One of them is my Eve window, right? It's got Slack, it's got forums, it's got Zkill, Fleetup, Dotland, etc. I've got one up, which is my main like content consuming use. Then I've got another one up from my my university stuff, and. I'm actually looking to go away from it because Chrome uses so much of my computer's limited resources that it's kind of an issue. So I'm yeah. going into like, because the, the issue that I have with like bookmarks or um, 
icons or things like that is the bookmarks, the bookmark bar just takes up space. That's wasted space when I don't have to click on them. The tabs in their current location, it's space that otherwise is not utilized, so why not have them there? And icons, there's a similar issue, right? How do I have them visible and easily accessible without taking up space that I'd otherwise be utilizing? So I'm looking for a solution, but currently tabs are the best one. Yeah, welcome welcome to the new podcast uh, on this network, which is Declarations of Tech Support featuring... <laughs> <laughs> I, I can justify every single tab that I have open. Can you say the I same? I that, and I have seven open right now. Like, we've got fucking... I've got, my, I've got the um, PV roundtable. I've got a, a random Reddit open. And then, like, three different YouTube tabs and a forum that I'm not going to talk about. Ooh. <laughs> I'll, I'll vaguely mention it when, I, when we come to the next topic, but, like... Slash R slash feet. No, I'm not into feet at all. <laughs> really, like, and just get me out of feet. Not, not down with them. <laughs> Fucking check, check me out. So uh, that's what I've been up to. And while I've been gone, uh, my corp has been uh, still chugging along. Um, thankfully, Night Jester was able to pick up and and take over for a bit while I was out. I tried to log in for some mining ops, but um, crashed during the mining ops. So not too much got done on that front, but we did upgrade our refinery, which is awesome. And then Jester lost his jump freighter, which was less awesome. And then we got uh, Tagger Transdimensional is going to come in and take up residence at N6 to mine minerals because we cannot get enough trit, pyrite, and all that shit. <laughs> And uh, having more folks around to make ice blocks and, you know, mine rocks is super helpful. So uh, that's where we're at right now. We've got a, a sexy refinery. I think we're probably done upgrading things, generally speaking. We might toss in a rig here or there. We might drop down a new Athenor, like, next door or something if we need a particular mineral. But otherwise, I think we're pretty much done. How are um, industry indexes for you? Are they cost prohibitive based on the activity yet? Or are you guys still in the butter zone? Uh, it's definitely better than most high sec places. Um, but we do have enough industrial activity that it's not the minimums anymore. I, I don't know what they are off the top of my head, but it's probably around like 2 to 4% somewhere in there. I just want to question butter zone there for a moment. It's my it way of saying I have no idea what I'm talking about. But I'm asking you, you, a question you, you, to somebody who does know what they're talking about, and I'm hoping they can fill in the gaps. Okay. I, I, I would have gone for, like, the Goldilocks zone. but Well, I mean, like, I'm not familiar with the origins of the idiom, but I always think of it like the, the temperature at which butter is not going to melt, but is able to be cut effectively, right? So you want mm. to get butter at a certain temperature where it's not like a solid block, and then where it's not, like, melting before it can be used. No, I follow him there. That makes sense. Welcome to Declarations of Wordsmithing with Alexi F. Kant. <laughs> it's quite amazing. So I don't know exactly what the butter zone is for the industry indexes, <laughs> but uh, they're, they're pretty good, I guess. Uh, it varies based on which specific industrial activity. So, like, for instance, the invention index is going to be lower than probably the straight manufacturing index. So 
But that said, I, I don't think the manufacturing indexes are cross-prohibited by any means. We just don't have enough people out there for that. Cool. So, uh, yeah, we're we're doing pretty good. Still recruiting, by the way, if anyone out there wants to hop in. Um, but I'll hand it over to Artemis. Artemis, what have you been up to? I can tell you what I've not been up to, and that is browsing r slash eve. Sort of unintentionally, but I've, I've basically quit r slash eve cold turkey. I went on vacation, to use a term that it's not really proper, but I went on vacation for a week and just didn't have the ability to get on r slash eve and then came back and was just like, you know what? I don't feel like I need to go to r slash eve anymore. It's kind of toxic. It doesn't really fill the use that it used to because of all the trolls. So I'm just going to delete that tab and move on with my life. And it's been pretty good. Like, I'm surviving. I don't feel like I'm missing anything important. And, yeah, a lot less trolls. <laughs> In other news, because I've not been browsing r slash eve, I've had more time to, like, actually play eve online, which is a, a, novel, a novel activity in this particular podcast. But, um, basically... Since the update to a bunch of ships in, was it the March release? Man, my memory is so bad. Basically, the Arbitrator got a buff. It got an extra fitting room. It got um, an extra turret hardpoint, which is the important thing for me. So basically what it is, I thought, hmm, I've liked the Arbitrator in the past, but I always felt like the second utility high, not that useful, and the fitting's a little bit too tight to do anything crazy with it. But now the extra fitting plus the extra utility, or the loss of utility high, extra hard point means I can squeeze more damage out of it, and my fit can be more flexible. So basically, I just threw together an old fit, replaced a newt with a rapid light missile launcher, and went out into low sack roaming. I died, you know, like you, like you do. It wasn't actually a 1v1. I've actually never had a 1v1 with it. No, I have, but I'll talk about that later. Went out, died, thought about why I died, how I could change the fit to make it not happen in the future, sort of testing out, like, the capacitor is a big issue, because basically I'm using a medium newt plus dual rep plus afterburner scram web medium cap booster, and even with overheating the cap booster, if you run the medium newt, you're not stable. So... It's sort of a, been a trial and error process of what I can change to make me not have to rep as much, or maybe give myself some more damage so it's that my newt isn't as important and I can pulse it as need be. And I've gotten something I liked. The fit that I'm currently on is basically all tank. And um, as a result, like you're basically designed to tank other people's damage and whittle them down over time. I especially like it because the drones plus rapid lights means you can deal with scepters and things that would try and tackle you while their fleet comes in, which is great. It also means that I could take a fight like I did two days ago, where it was me in a medium plex, and I suddenly see seven Atrons on scan, and then all of a sudden they're at 1AU, and I'm like, well, this is going to be interesting, so I start burning away from the intro beacon, and basically as they afterburner at me, I'm shooting them with my rapid lights, getting some damage in before they can do damage to me, and then just killing them slowly one by one without them being able to kill me. Eventually they bail out because a curse and a malediction come in, 
and the curse and malediction decide, well, the Atrons are gone, let's try and kill the Arbitrator. And I managed to tank a curse and a malediction in my Arbitrator for something like three minutes. Long enough that the wow. curse probably ran out of either cap charges or ansil boosters and had to warp out. And at that point, I just forced the malediction off by drawing the rapid lights and warped out myself. It was like the most fun I've had PvPing in a very long time. That sounds awesome. My uh, my host highlight is not really near that cool. Uh, Ian, do you want to talk about uh, your current state of mind with the game? Yeah, I've I, I've kind of find myself um, kind of burning out for a little bit. Um, joining test was great. I actually ran a couple of fleets. Uh, I killed like six capitals in about thirty minutes. Like from me pinging to well, from me finding out about the the fight to me pinging, and me being on grid forty jumps away was was thirty minutes. So I was very happy with that. I nearly killed, nearly caught the um. Oh god, what's the Serpentis super super carrier? It's Vendetta. the um, yeah. We we caught one of those, but we couldn't hold it down unfortunately. So I had to console myself with just six carriers and a forks. You know, I was padding my tears with money. That sort of thing, <laughs> but um, yeah, the the campaign in Providence really, really burnt me out quite quite badly. Um, in terms of like, you know, do I want to FC? I've been playing a little bit in faction warfare and stuff like that, just kind of making sure I'm still playing the game. But beyond that, I've been focusing on the CSM and my videos because I'm just I'm just not finding uh finding my fun in the game right now. I'm pretty sure that. Fanfest will put that all back into me, though. And I'm actually, uh, I'm trying to play the game more now because I have been away for so long. But there is a video that I'm like, I've got a burning desire to make, <laughs> and it sucks because I know that's going to take me a while, and I'm not going to be able to play basically during that time. But ah, uh, I really want to get this video done. I think it's going to be so worth it. Yeah, I mean, I put out like um, three videos last week, and that took me. Um, I think it was something, something like in the region of twenty hours. So, like, for each one or total, total, total. But just like, if you're putting twenty hours of twenty hours of work into a video game, it's kind of hard to justify actually logging on and playing it to a certain degree. Yeah, I don't know. Those will take me twenty, but it might be close just for the one video because it's going to require a lot of. Um, I'm I'm factoring in like the research. That would have to go into it as well, beyond just the actual putting it together. Yeah, I actually, yeah, what I ended up doing was um, taking up creative writing again. That's what I've been doing with my my spare time. I used to do it a lot when I was a kid, and I've kind of just had some desire to play around with that for a bit. So I'm just going to do that uh, until FanFest, and then hopefully come back strong, do some FC again. Woo woo woo. Woo 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 indeed. So, Alec, what's the first highlight you got? Ah, yeah. So my first solo in quite a while. It's like, even before I had the computer break, I wasn't really out soloing much. But yeah, I hopped back in. First gameplay session. Um, I'm so fucking rusty that it was embarrassing. I tried soloing Aguila, and on the approach in, I did not set the orbit correctly or didn't set it early enough i honestly don't remember which but 
point is, it got into scram range, and I didn't really want to be, and the Gila had a scram. So I got my Astero scrammed and died within an hour of playing. So I flew back to my market, got another one, and got back to my actual intended destination, which was Omst. And once I got into Omst, I managed to catch a VNI and had a very great fight with him. Uh, he was actually not AFK, as I thought he might have been when I first started the fight, and he started targeting my drones. I had to do some really careful drone management, because I didn't have that many of them. And uh, eventually I wound up killing him, but it was a pretty enjoyable fight. It was great to get back into the swing of things, and uh, I'm really excited about the rest of this weekend, where we'll be camping up in Omst, giving our special brand of love to kids with guns. So botting fucks. On the AFK VNI fight yesterday, well last night, I was ratting on one of my VNI alts in tribute, and Laserhawks got a random wormhole into our pocket, and suddenly two maledictions and a tango appear. And of course I'm AFK. Like I'm literally watching Overwatch League and I'm not paying attention to local on the other screen. And the two maledictions tackle me, but I guess the tango is just like a Sino tango or something. He doesn't have DPS because he never shows up. So the two maledictions are sitting there. I think they're overheating and like using all of their T2 ammo on me for a bit because I have to really overheat my tank to survive. Like, I notice that I'm being shot at when I hear my armor alarm go off that my armor is below 50%. So at that point, I alt tab back over, overheat everything, align out, and then just sit there. And eventually the damage drops off so I don't have to burn out any of my tank. And then we end up, like, just me sitting there. I guess they run out of heat or run out of the right type of ammo. And so I'm sitting there tanking them for literally five minutes. And eventually, like, I've managed to volley one of them into the hall twice. But eventually I just poke my alliance mission. Like, hey guys, um, I've been tackled by two maledictions in my VNI for five minutes they can't kill me, but I can't kill them. Anybody want to kill some maledictions? And the frustrating thing was, I don't know what was going on with Eve at the time, but I could not launch another account. Like, any time I would try to log into and load a new client, it'd give me an error saying you cannot copy Tranquility files when you have clients open. So it's like, I couldn't even log in Artemis to go and kill these stupid maledictions. It was frustrating. It's kind of why I sat there for five minutes before poking my alliance mates, because I kind of felt bad that I was AFK ratting and got tackled, but then couldn't kill what was tackling me and didn't die, so they couldn't blame me. Anyway, off topic. Well, on topic, but not my host highlight. Yeah, my, my host highlight is literally nothing to do with Eve, and it's literally just that I got my all of my coursework done for my uni course like two weeks in advance. So nice. Spend the entire Easter break just fucking about, which is the best. When is Easter this year? Soon, I imagine, because I'm on Easter break. Ah, all right. I don't is that know. like I'm not Catholic, so I don't know what Easter is. Is Easter break like spring break in the U.S.? Um, I, I think guess. so. Like, do you have another break in uni during the um, spring semester? Uh, I don't think so. This is effectively spring break, yeah. We just call it Easter break. Yeah, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. My, my family's all the way in Tenerife, so I'm just going to chill out and smoke all of the weed. Where are they again? Yeah. They're in Tenerife. You know, they were kidnapped <laughs> by the DRF. Uh, 
<laughs> Sorry, this is this is a whole in joke from the start of the show where Artemis didn't know that Tenerife was a real place and thought I was referring to the region. It's pretty great. I was very confused. I thought Jin had like taken some sort of group within Test and had moved out to Tenerife to do something. And I, because I wasn't, I was browsing Zekill and wasn't really paying attention to the conversation and just heard Tenerife. And then he made a joke about being funded by the DRF. And I'm like, wait, what? What is going on? Are these some dank leaks happening that I'm missing? <laughs> this is just the kind of mood I'm in today. I'm, um, I'm, I'm getting too old for this shit, man. It went on for about 15 minutes, so. It's fucking great. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it. Head to decorationsofwar.com to participate in the show poll and leave a comment on this episode. Again, Capitalist Army is recruiting and we could use a few more good capitalists. Join Capitalist Chat in-game for more info, including a link to our Discord. Come hang out. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, good hunting listeners. <laughs>